Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Good morning, Cape Cod Church. How are you all doing this morning? Good. So if you haven't figured out by now, we are about to change things up a little bit. Uh, Many of you know that each summer at Cape Cod Church, for the last five years, we have a summer internship program for college-age students. We invite them to Cape Cod for the summer, and we spend some time just investing in them. We give them an opportunity to serve in ministry in a variety of different areas, and we love on them for a summer. And we've been doing this for five years, and every summer is just a reminder about the next generation, what we have coming down the pipeline. And I have to tell you that the future of the church is bright. And we feel very privileged to be a part of it in this way. And every summer, we like to get an opportunity. We spend one Sunday where we celebrate our interns and get a little picture into what they've been doing for the summer. And we've done this in a variety of ways. Some years, we've had students lead worship. We've had them preach. Uh, Last year, we had one of our interns just talk about what the internship had meant to him personally. And this year, we thought we would give you a look into what each of them has been doing this summer and some personal reflections on what God has been teaching them in this season and what's next for them. So for the next 10 minutes, we're just going to spend some time hearing from our interns themselves, give you a chance to get to know them a little bit and hear about what God is doing in their lives. So can we just love on them this morning together? Can we do that? So to get us started, I'm going to ask each of you, tell us a little bit about what you have been doing this summer in ministry and your one, one thing that you love about it. We know that there are many things, but one thing that you love about your ministry area. Megan, you want to get us started? Yes. Hello, my name is Megan Dunphy. Um, I'm going to be junior at Liberty University, um, and I'm the creative media intern. Um, so I've been really fortunate enough to dabble in a few creative roles at Cape Cod Church. Um, one part of my role was managing and creating content for our social media. Um, I also did some graphic designing, so designing some graphics for um, social media, event promotion. I also designed our sermon series graphic. Oh, it's not up, but it will be up. Um, and if you've ever met me or ever saw me, I probably was holding around a camera. So I've been a part of the amazing photography team here. Um, I also did some videography, and I did the summer recap, uh, summer camp recap video. Um, and one of the many things I love about my ministry area is how collaborative it is. Um, there have been some projects where I do work alone, but I think I've worked with almost every staff member here on just different true. projects. And it's just been amazing to see um, the different communication styles and different ways and approaches uh, for different projects. And it's been really valuable and something that will carry me uh, through the fall and also beyond. So it's been amazing. I love that. Yeah, I think Megan has gotten to work with every single staff member at Cape Cod Church, which is a feat in 10 weeks' time. So very, very impressive. Charlotte, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing this summer. Hi, everybody. I'm Charlotte McNamee. I'm the kids' ministry intern, and I'm going to be a junior at Gordon College um, in the fall. So I'm working with kids 0 to 18, which is actually kind of a lot of different areas of ministry because developmentally, kids just need very different things at those ages. For example, like our toddlers, they just need a loving and safe environment steeped in Jesus so they can associate those positive feelings with God and with the church at a young age, which preps them for when they're teenagers and when I'm working with them in the loft, when they're wrestling with really hard questions um, that they have that to fall back on. So, um, for example, I'm, I developed like the fourth and fifth grade curriculum, which is called Under the Stars, which kind of preps our elementary age kids for the loft. And I've even had the opportunity 
um, to do a newsletter for the loft on the fruit of the spirit. Um, so it's really hard for me to pick a favorite thing about my internship, but um, I think which was very encapsulated in camp was while I'm creating a safe and loving environment for these kids, it's really God doing all of the work. And I am so blessed to get to see what he's doing in the hearts of these kids at a really young age. Yeah, and absolutely. And Charlotte gets an extra special award for being away for two weeks of camp in a row at Sleepaway Camp, both with our kids and our students, and then also is in for two weeks of sports camps last week and this week. So she gets special award for that. And Rachel, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing this summer. Hi, everybody. My name is Rachel Friedman, and I'm the Young Adult Ministry Intern, so that's ages 18 to 30-ish. Um, and so a lot of what I've done this summer is planning social events, leading a small group, um, connecting with all the young adults just to make sure that they're feeling loved and welcomed in the space that we provide for them. Um, and something that I've really enjoyed about the young adult community is how diverse it is. We have so many different workers. We've got park rangers, plumbers, construction workers, business owners, and ministry leaders just to begin there. And then we have so many different levels of faith in our group. We have people who maybe have been in church their whole lives or coming back to church. Um, who came into their faith later in their life like I did, or people who just aren't so sure about what they're doing, and that creates such a welcoming space, and to watch people come into that space and immediately feel welcomed and loved is honestly one of the coolest things. It's really awesome, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but Rachel actually came to faith at Cape Cod Church about a year and a half ago, and you may remember Rachel because she also got baptized a year ago tomorrow, right? last Wednesday. So pretty, pretty cool. So for, we've heard a little bit about what you've done this summer, but we also want to get the opportunity to hear about what God has been doing in your lives. Because while many of us might have seen you around campus, working with our students, our young adults, our kids behind a camera, we don't always get to see what God is doing in your life. So tell us a little bit, and Charlotte, I'll let you go next. Tell us what God has been teaching you this summer. One thing among hopefully many, but one thing that God has been teaching you this summer. So something God taught me this summer, which I think is ultimately the most valuable thing I've taken away from this internship, is just the importance of exposing and really immersing yourself even in um, different Christian traditions. Cape Cod Church is super similar in a lot of ways to the church I grew up in, but it's very different from the church I now attend as a young and independent adult. I attend an Anglican church, which is very traditional, and some language that we use is like liturgy and sacrament, and language of Cape Cod Church is very much like decisions and commitments. So it's really just made me aware of needing to become fluent in a language of empathy so that we can better understand the diversity of God's church, which also helps us understand its oneness as well. I love that. When we... That is worthy of applause. Uh, when we actually interviewed with uh, Charlotte, that was something that we talked about. Like, okay, she was like pretty upfront. Like, I come from a different background, but I really want to learn and I want to serve kids. And we we're like, absolutely, please join us. And it is so beautiful to see the diversity of God's community, both like in a young adult setting where you get to see people at different points in their journey, different backgrounds, but also people coming from different Christian backgrounds and learning a little bit more about one another. So I love that. That is awesome. <laughs> Megan, do you want to tell us, what is one thing that God has been teaching you this summer? Yes, so I think this summer, uh, my word has been rest. Um, in the internship program, we do leadership coaching sessions, and the church brings in um, really successful individuals and, and just talking about their life um, and their faith journey. 
Um, and so the first night we had someone named Mark Elbers, and he was um, he was senior vice president of ExxonMobil. And if you can imagine, that is a very stressful and very busy job. Um, but he talked about the importance of rest. And I saw that, I'm like, wow, that is really, that's really good, and it changed my perspective. Um, and because of that, I've really been intentional about setting times to refresh myself. Um, and especially in my ministry, I work with social media. And if many of you know that social media never stops, there's no end. Um, people are constantly creating content, pushing themselves. So where is that balance? Where is that line between pushing yourself in your social media platform, but also um, being healthy for yourself? Um, and that's something God has really shown me, is that to get the most out of my creativity, um, to get the best out of myself, I have to rest. Um, and that's just something that God has really shown me this summer and through my ministry. I love that. And we were talking a little bit. Yeah. I love that, and it's particularly powerful if you know Megan. So I get to work with Megan week in, week out, and she is an incredibly hard worker. In fact, I have to text her on Fridays and Saturdays being like, Megan, go home. Are you at the church? Go home. So if you know her, it's particularly powerful, and we've gotten the opportunity to talk a little bit about rest and what that really means, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and leaning into God. So I love that. That is so cool. Uh, well, we want to know, what is next for you? And we know, that is like, if you're a young adult, you know this, that is a dreaded question. When someone's like, what are you going to do after college? What are you going to do after high school? It's a dreaded question. But we also know that God reveals himself a little bit at a time, and sometimes there are seasons where he might clarify something for you, even if it's a half step into the future. So tell us a little bit about what's next for you, and how has God used this summer maybe to equip or clarify something for you? Yeah, so if you asked me a couple months ago if I've ever entertained the idea of working for a church, I would have said no. Um, but it's funny how God has different plans. Um, I think this sentiment, and I know my fellow interns can relate to this too, is that um, it's important to hold your plans and the people in your life with an open hand because you don't know if God has something so much better for you. And so I held a similar position in Maryland, being in the creative intern role, and I fell, I fell in love with it. Being creative um, in a church environment and using that for his glory and just the church staff community and how it feels like family. I just love it. And so doing this internship has only confirmed that. Um, and through this internship, I've, um, it's encouraged me to step out of my comfort zone um, and try new things and really has encouraged my spiritual life. Um, and the technical knowledge that I've gained here will only propel me to uh, gain my um, the experiment, experiential knowledge that I gained here will only help me gain my technical knowledge in the fall um, and will certainly help me towards my future. So. We're really excited about that. Megan is going off to finish, so she's transferring to Liberty University to finish her degree, so she's got two more years. And we told Megan, you do not need an excuse to come back and visit Cape Cod Church. Please come back in future summers. It's a little bit far away from Liberty University, but we're going to try and find an excuse for Megan to come back and visit. Charlotte, tell us a little bit about what's next and how God's used this summer to prepare you. Yeah, so um, next steps is something that I feel like I've just been praying for nonstop in my life, but especially as a college-age young adult, um, and things have changed a lot in my life based on directionality. And so coming in as a kids ministry intern, I know that I, I've always loved kids, um, and I'm kind of, I was trying to like rule out whether like full-time traditional ministry was something that was going to be for me. I didn't want to be like a kids pastor or anything coming into this. So people were kind of like, well, okay, 
kids ministry intern. Um, and just from the summer, I've been blessed with such clarity that I know whatever I'm doing in the future, like it has to be with kids. That is just like something God has put on my heart and he has gifted me with. And that is such a blessing to have that clarity without feeling like I'm boxed into one particular job. I just know whatever it is, it's going to be with, around, or for kids. Charlotte, tell us a little bit. It's awesome. And it's worth applauding. Yes. And it's cool to see, like, we're here sitting with the next generation, and Charlotte is already preparing the coming generation, our interns of the future. Charlotte, tell us a little bit about what you love about kids' ministry, because we know, like, it is a unique calling. It's not for everybody. And tell us a little bit about why you love it so much. It's definitely not for everybody, which I think realizing that has made me also realize how much it very much is for me. I do not think it is an accident that the relationship that illustrates our relationship with God is that he is God the Father. So I definitely feel closest to God when I'm working with kids. I feel like I can see his heart, especially that he has for us. And I feel like I definitely have compassion that is not my own working with kids, especially like at kids camp as an illustration. You'd have kids making each other cry and then the next hour holding each other's hands and crying because they were so moved by the spirit. So I feel like I could take hours of drama just for those moments of genuine intimacy. That's so, so, so awesome. Yeah, you can clap for that. Rachel, tell us what's next and how God has used the summer to clarify your next steps. Yeah, so I have two more years left at Simmons University, and I'm currently serving as the co-president of our crew chapter on our campus, which is something we're just starting, and I anticipate it being a little bit of a challenge since I'm on a particular secular campus, Um, but because of this internship, I definitely feel prepared to lead and serve young adults in that space. Um, And then I had uh, Laco McSherry connected me with someone in the church who works in the maternal health care field, which is ultimately my passion. And we got to talking about how the postpartum period for new moms is so difficult and they don't get support that they need. And there's just a mental health struggle. And I had been struggling trying to decide if I wanted to get my master's in community health care or counseling. And I think through that conversation, it was like, come on, they need counselors and you're really good at talking to people. So that's your job. <laughs> so that really clarified it for me. And just, I know I am the mom friend amongst all my friends. So knowing that people are already like, yeah, you're really good at that. It makes me feel so much better about that decision. I love that. and. I love that. And part of our heart behind the internship program is not only to prepare leaders in the church, though we think that that is a really special calling and we love investing in that, but also we know that life can take you into many different areas. And our heart behind this program is to help prepare young adults for leadership in whatever setting they go into so that they're strong, faithful leaders in the workplace, in the marketplace, and in their church community. So I love that, to have that dual calling of like, yeah, I'm going to help serve in ministry in my college setting but I'm also preparing for a life in the maternity sector. And what does that look like to be a faithful leader in that space, to be driven by compassion? It is so, so cool. And Rachel and I were also talking, and I just want, I think it's worth everybody hearing. We were talking about, like, what was one thing that surprised you about your experience this summer? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so just a little bit of background information. I came to my faith about a year or so ago, like Brittany was saying here at Cape Cod Church. Um, me and my mom actually started coming here together um, for a year and a, a year or so, um, and it's amazing 
that I was able to walk into church with my mom and have that be a part of my testimony as she got to rediscover her faith and I got to discover mine and now she has her very own small group and is serving so excitedly in the park all the, every month, which is just awesome. But another thing that really surprised me was through that year or so when we were going, we kept bugging my dad to come to church and he would not budge. He's like, mm, I, don't, I don't know yet, I don't know. So we kept bugging him to come and eventually he walked through the doors and I watched him go from the perch. He does have his very own seat, which unfortunately he wasn't allowed to sit in today. He's a little sad about that, but he sits <laughs> way back up there and just watching him come in and then watching him outside of church. The other night they had some friends over and my dad's like, yeah, you guys gotta come. This place is awesome. Like, I feel so good when I leave. I feel like I'm loved and I'm, just so that I can be a part of that because they've supported me through so much and now I get to be up here supporting and loving on them is just awesome. That's really awesome. I'm going to try not to tear up this morning. Yeah, that is really, really awesome. And Rachel and I were talking, so we've gotten to work closely together in Social Life for Young Adult Ministry and talking about the beauty of um, when that first-time visitor comes to desk. And Rachel's gotten to volunteer at our welcome desk and just being able to greet them there and let them know there is a space for you. And that is the heart of this church. And so we've gotten to spend time this summer doing that together. But also, as a church community, you have loved on them so well and reminded our uh, interns, no matter where they go after this, that there is a place for them and that God has good plans for them. It's a perfect segue, too, because we also want to spend some time this morning honoring their host families, which in Rachel's case is her actual family. <laughs> and so this morning, uh, our interns are going to get a special gift for them, but we want to ask, if you are here this morning and you are one of their host families, would you please stand up, including if you're their parents? <laughs> Would you please stand up? And would you please applaud these awesome couples? Our interns are going to deliver a gift to you. You can go down and give your flowers to them. Um, but you can be seated now. We just wanted to take a moment and honor them and thank them because uh, these couples, and there's one family who couldn't be here this morning. They're traveling, but the Noonan family hosted Charlotte this summer. Um, and they have just taken time out of their year. They have put space aside and time aside to love on these students, to give them a place to flourish and to welcome them to Cape Cod so that they could not only serve in their church, but also do it uh, free charge in a home locally. So thank you so much to these awesome families. Will you give them a round of applause one more time? Cape Cod Church, would you stand with me? Because before we finish, we just want to take a moment and pray together uh, for our interns. And I'm going to have them join me up here. But um, we counted a privilege to be part of the next generation, to give them a place to flourish, to invest in them, and to celebrate what God is already doing in their lives and going to do. So this morning, we just want to take a moment to pray for them, for whatever God has next, and that he would be with them in the coming season. Will you join me in praying for them? Father, this morning we come to you and we celebrate <laughs> that you have brought Charlotte and Megan and Rachel to Cape Cod Church this summer. God, we have gotten the opportunity to see their gifts flourish in the lives of people. We have watched you put them in a place where they can be loved, 
where they can grow in their gifts, where they can see you at work and they can have their perspective opened. And Father, we have watched them put others first to just serve with what they have. And we pray that whatever comes next, Father, whether it's in a counseling department in a local maternity ward in a hospital, Father, whether it's in a church behind a camera or in a church serving and teaching children, whatever comes next, Father, we ask that you would continue to give them clarity in the next steps, that you would continue to give them confirmation in their calling, Father, that you would continue to grow them and that you would bring wonderful church families around them to love on them, to encourage them, to support them through every season. And we ask that you would use the gifts that they're going to give, their time, their energy, and their talents, that you would multiply them so that many, many people on Cape Cod and beyond would discover a full life with you. We thank you for what you are doing in their lives, for what we've heard today, and for everything that we don't see. And we ask that you would just multiply this for generations to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Cape Cod Church. You can be seated. Uh, In a moment, our interns are going to head back, and uh, we're going to continue with our message for this morning. We're continuing in our series in Colossians, exploring the life that we want the life that we yearn for. So before we do that, uh, we're just going to give you a moment, and then pastor's going to come up and continue our series. Thank you, Cape Cod Church, for loving the next generation so incredibly well. Can we give our interns a big round? (laughs) I'm messing with their schedule a little bit here because I saw the time. And I walked into the office earlier this morning, and uh, Megan says to me, she says, Pastor, are you ready for a short message today? I went, what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's right. I uh, I, I love moments like these because they are reminders that every generation needs and deserves the gospel brought into their lives. And I think one of the most important things we do as a church is we, we pass this along. We're passionate about it. And one of the things we love with our interns is we know, like, we tell them, listen, don't be nervous because these people, they don't even know you and they love you already. They're just waiting for stuff to applaud to. I wish I, I should have counted how many times you applauded them because it's an affirmation. It's like, hey, man, you, we are for you. You see, a, a healthy church is a healthy church is not a church that figures out how to keep all the generations happy, like a little bit for this one and a little bit for this one and 50-50, because nobody's ever happy that way. A healthy church is when every generation figures out how it's going to pass along the message of the gospel to the next generation and says, we will do whatever we have to to make that happen. And I just, I love that Cape Cod Church leans into that in so many different ways. Because here's what we know. We know that at their heart, Every generation craves the same thing. We crave a certain kind of relief, and uh, that's probably a good transition to our text for today because Paul is about to speak to this kind of 
eternal, lasting, soul-deep relief. But first, he sets it up with a few verses. So I want to read it to you. If you've been following along, we're in Colossians chapter 2. We're picking up in verse 8. So let me, let me set the stage by reading a few verses, and then uh, we'll finish with a couple, and we'll try and wrap this up sometime before noon. Deal? I do have two services. You don't really have to worry. The second service on the other end, they don't know what they're in for. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 is where you pick up. It says this, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. I love that. High-sounding nonsense. That comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. In other words, there was a lot of nonsense then, and let's be honest, there's a lot of nonsense out there right now. He said, don't, let, don't fall for that. Verse 9, he says, for in Christ, all the fullness of God in a human body it lives in Christ. Verse 10 says, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. In other words, Jesus is everything. We come back to that theme over and over and over again. Now remember, Paul is, Paul is having a debate with an invisible opponent here. It's the other ones, the ones who are deceiving. And, and so in verse 11, he says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You, you remember from our series that, that, that Paul, on one hand, he, he's working against these Jewish legalists in the church who were telling Gentile believers, like, you need to be more Jewish. They were rocking the boat and they were subverting their faith by saying, you need to be more Jewish. And at the top of that list was, frankly, was circumcision. Now, without getting into detail, you can understand why this would make converting to Christianity not so palatable, especially among the men. In fact, in fact, Paul would bring this same argument. Listen, you're adding stuff to the gospel. You don't need to make people more Jewish. You need to make them more Jesus. And he brings it all the way back to the mother church in Jerusalem where Jesus' brother James was leading. I thought it was worth adding. They, they had the council at Jerusalem to debate just this issue. And Paul makes the case, they're adding all of this stuff. They're trying to make people more Jewish. And Paul uh, brings it to him. And James comes out with this classic uh, verdict in Acts 15, verse 19. He says, and so my judgment is, we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. What a great line that is. We should not, listen, you're adding stuff to it. We should not make it more difficult for people to turn to God. In verse 12 in Colossians, he goes on to say, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ 
from the dead. That's the language we use when we baptize people. And we're planning our next baptism. Many of you, that'll be a next step for you. September 11th, Sunday, after church, down at Monant Beach. And we, we, we say that saying, buried in likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. And it's like, it's like Paul has set the stage so far. And now he gets to verse 12, and he's going to speak to this this relief that we want at our depth, our core. And here's how he says it. He says, you were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all your sins. You, you were, you were dead in your sins. It was like a burden. But then Christ sets you free. You were, but now you were then. We, we saw this a, a few weeks ago. You were then. And, and, and watch what's happening here. Paul, Paul is having this, this argument with, with, with an invisible opponent, right? He's saying you were, uh, you were that, but you're not that. You were that, but you're not that. And what he's doing is he's having this debate because he's saying, listen, there, there's forces out there. We talked about these forces earlier this year, the, 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 the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The, the world around us, the flesh inside of us, and the devil who's pervasive to do his work as the force of evil in our world. He says he's lying, and, and the lie is exhausting. And here's the lie. The lie of the world, the flesh, and the devil. The lie is that what you were is what you are. And he whispers it. What you were is what you are. What you were is what you are. What you were is what you are. And that lie is exhausting. It wears us down. Because it's like a burden. It's like a weight. It's a weight of guilt on us. And, and you can't get out of it. And when you can't get out of it, you just decide, well, this is what I am, and this is where I have to live. What you were is what you are. What you were is what you are. It's exhausting. If there's, if there's no escape, if there's no way out, but Paul's saying there's a way out, but, but the liar, the lie is what you were is what you are, and it, it, it exhausts us. You remember, you remember back in those early, early days of the pandemic? This feels like ancient history, but not so ancient history. We haven't figured it out. The pandemic, remember, remember like when it was 14 days, we're going to shut down for 14 days? I'm still bitter about that, I understand. But there was, it was like 14 days. And there was somewhere after that 14 days when you realize 14 days is like a, it's like a snowstorm. Like, oh, we're going to hibernate. It's going to be fun. We're going to light candles. And then you realize, oh, this isn't a snowstorm. This is winter. This, this isn't going to last. Like you're, and, and, and after a while, do you remember when you gave up? You're like, right? You had a Zoom call. So you put on a collared shirt and sweatpants. Put your, did anybody else live in their stretchy pants? Just gave up, just gave up, just gave up. I remember the moment I realized, oh, this is not going well. As I walked into the garage and where we keep the recycling, and there was a pile this high. I'm not making this up. Not from the ground there, from here. Of pizza boxes. I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. Right? We just we give up. We just like, ah. 
And that's the exhaustion of the lie. It, we, we give up to it, right? We're like, what you were is what you are. And if it's what you are, then what can you do? Just, it is what it is. Embrace it. Get some spiritual stretchy pants. Because what you were is what you are. But, but Paul is making the argument. He says, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not, it's not true. What you were is what you were, but you are now not that thing because of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here in this verse. He's saying, you have been set free because of Jesus Christ. What you were is past. Like, how does that happen? Like, like how, how does he make the past? I mean, what you were, you are no more. What you were, you are, how does, how is that, how is that true? How, how is it true that what you were, you are no more because of Jesus? And that's what he explains in the next verse. He, 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 he says, let me, let me show you how this works in your life, right? He says, in verse 14, he says, he canceled the record of charges against you, against us. That, that's an important verse. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I, I imagine this is him confronting the world, the flesh, and the devil, the, the liar that was saying the lie that what you were is what you are. He, he put them to shame because he changed the rules. He, he changed up, and how did he do it? He did it when he canceled the record of charges against us. The record of charges against us. The record. And he took it away when he nailed it to the cross. You see, our, 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 our sin struggle is a burden. Some of you who grew up in church, you, you may have remembered Pilgrim's Progress written in the 1600s and Christian who, uh, who carries a, the, the burden of, of sin on his back and he's just looking for relief. It's the, the, the burden is the knowledge of sin. It's the knowledge, it's the awareness, it's that, that weight and here he describes it. He calls it a record of charges. It's like an accounting of everything you've done and I've done. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the record of charges, this, this idea of the, 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 the guilt, the burden, it's, well, let's be honest, it's terrifying and, and we want to avoid, we, we don't even like the word sin. We, it, 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 it conjures up somebody trying to make me feel guilty. And some, some of you, and I, I understand this, some of you have run from the notion of God because you don't think, you're like, listen, I don't need to be made to feel guilty. And, and, and when you look at God and you hear something like this, the record of charges, like God's keeping the record of charges against us. It's like, God, God, I can't, I can't get close to you. I don't need, I can't, I can't bear the burden as though God were the one who were placing the burden on us. But that's not what this verse is saying. He's saying the burden is real and it's there. 
But sometimes when we see it, we're like, I, I, I can't. We, we, we back away because the burden is too much. One of my friends, uh, a pastor, just, just took a sabbatical, and he was gone for a few months, and he, uh, he and his wife uh, were, were walking the El Camino, which is kind of the, the sacred path in Spain. And it, I think they were like 30, 40 days. They it went like 500 miles. And the pictures were amazing. Every day it was like he was posting them on social media. I was following them. I'm like, man, this is like amazing. I, I want to I do this. I love history and the vistas. And, and it looked hot. But I was like, I think I could. I was, listen, I went to Arizona last summer. I can, you know, Spain. It, it almost made me jealous. Almost. And I say almost because every day it would post a bunch of pictures and I'd be going through them and the history and the little chapels and the cathedrals and the, just the beauty and the, 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 the scenery. And then, and then every once in a while he'd include a picture that somebody had taken of him. And he was wearing an enormous backpack. I'm like, no, no, no. I wrote him and I said, is there a backpack-free version of this trip? Because that's what I want. I want the one where they take your suitcase, they carry it to the next place, and you walk with a little fan. I'm like, uh, so sign me up for the backpack-free version. I, I mean, I think that's how we all feel, right? Nobody looks at that backpack and says, that must be awesome. <laughs> Carrying that thing in the hot Spanish sun, cannot wait. And if we're not careful, we, we, we look at this verse and we look at the, the record of the charges, the, the accounting of our sin, and, and we're, we're afraid that what God wants to do is put it on us. But he's saying, no, 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 no. No, listen, the weight is there. The burden is there. The backpack is there. I have come to set you free. That's what he's saying that Jesus did. Let me include another verse here, Matthew chapter 11. I couldn't do this without reading this because here's what Jesus said. It's as if he's responding to our fear. And Jesus said, verse 28, come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. You see, God is saying through Jesus, he gave us the relief that we want in the deepest part of our soul. How did he do it? He, he said, what you were, you are no more. I took the record of wrongs, the accounting, the burden of your sin. I love that picture. I nailed it to the cross. I set you free. If you've never read Pilgrim's Progress, and I only read, I'm going to be honest, I read the kids' version. It was like a little flanograph. Anybody else do flanograph Pilgrim's Progress? Must be just me. My favorite part is 
Christian is on this journey trying to find relief from this burden on his back, this burden of the knowledge of his sin. And he finally gets to this little hill and the cross. And as he gets to the cross, there's this moment, it shows it in the picture, where he's standing there and the, the burden breaks free and rolls down the hill. He's been set free. That's the picture of this passage. What you were, you are no more. You've been set free. And now, you get to live like it. What a beautiful story. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed. Our, our eyes are closed. I, I wonder... We could take this in two ways, but in the quiet of the moment, let me, let me invite you to do one of two things. Maybe, maybe you're here and the burden of your past, what you were, constantly feels like a weight. I just want you to rest in this passage, to reflect on it, to claim it as your own. What you were, you are no more. Ben, how is that so? Oh, he, he took the record of wrongs against you, and he nailed it to the cross. That's how. That's how. You've been set free. Maybe you've kept God and Jesus at arm's length because you couldn't, you couldn't bear the thought of adding to a burden the guilt. But that's not what he's come to do. He's come to set you free. In fact, that's exactly what he did. In Jesus Christ, he offered you forgiveness so that all you would have to do is by faith accept that gift. That once for all proposition like Christian climbing that hill before the cross as his burden falls away. So let me lead you in a prayer as we finish the service. If you need to take that step, saying yes to Jesus Christ once and for all. If that's you, I invite you to pray something like this. Dear God, I confess it to you. The record of wrongs the burden of sin. I confess it. I give it all to you. I believe that when you died on the cross, you took that record of wrongs and you settled it. You paid for it. You forgave it. So that today, I could say yes 
Yes, Jesus Christ. I trust you. I believe in you. I want to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen.